your sovereign presence and we yield to your working. We yield to the working of your spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You who knows and understands all need. You who supplies all need according to your riches and glory. I pray the supply of the spirit be released. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah, Can we give the Lord some praise for a moment? He's worthy of praise. Hallelujah. Jesus, I exalt you. I lift you up, O oh God. I lift you up, O oh God. You are holy, Jesus. You are wonderful, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your name, Lord God. You are awesome, Lord. You are powerful, Jesus. You can do all things, Lord God. Hallelujah to the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to let you be seated. I appreciate the presence of the Lord that's here. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 20. 
The Lord was giving me some things last night. I believe they were for me to share tonight, so I'm going to do my best to share them as he gave them and see what he wants to do. Matthew chapter 20. I was uh, I was speaking at the Bible study at the Rodriguez's home last week, I think it was, and uh, I felt like the Lord had made a statement that I never really contemplated or considered beforehand, didn't really too much afterwards either until last night when he was showing me some of these things. Um, in our society, um, and it's been this way for I'm sure several decades now, um, maybe not quite a century, but um, equality became a a buzzword before there were buzzwords. Um, equality in the sense of what what one person gets, another person is supposed to be able to get. What what is done for one person is supposed to be able to be done for anybody. And anytime that's not the case, somebody's got a beef with that. And they feel like, well, my, my equality was infringed on. How come, I'm, how come I didn't get this? Why didn't this preferential treatment that someone else got, how come they got it and I didn't? Um, and that's, that's permeated our society now in such a way that I'm telling you what, if, if, if you don't make every effort to make things as equal as you can, um, you'll hear about it <laughs> in some way or another. Um, we want equality in all things. That's kind of just our, the way our mind works. The kingdom is not that way. Uh, the Lord doesn't work that way. Equality. Now, I will mention the scripture says that he is no respecter of persons. And so he doesn't look at us and say one person gets preferential treatment because of who they are or because of what they've done. But that does not translate to I get what Brother Joey gets. I get what Brother Ruben gets. I get what Brother Juan Carlos gets because he treats us all the same. That's that's taken a leap from that scripture. Matthew chapter 20, I'm going to start at verse 1. I want to read to you from a different translation, so you can try to follow along. But it says, The kingdom of heaven is like this. Once there was a man who went out early in the morning to hire some men to work in his vineyard. i got to pause for a minute. Uh, I really appreciate that message that Elder Hart preached on Sunday in Union Gap. There, as I was thinking about this and how there was a, a parable here um, that we're reading, the thought came to my mind, you know why Jesus spoke in parables? Because everything else really happened. I'll just let that one sink in for a minute. All the rest of it is true. It really happened. 
The parables even happened from him. He spoke them. But while, while Elder was ministering and he was talking a little bit about John the Baptist, and he, he, mentioned, he referenced uh, John chapter 1, and there was a verse that the Lord quickened to, to, to my spirit in the middle of that passage after it talks about in the beginning was the word. It says there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And as soon as I was sitting there and, and it was like the Lord kept playing that verse on repeat. And every time he would take another word off of it from the end until I just got to the fact that there was and I know that doesn't seem really powerful or, or, or whatever, but I had to sit there in and, and, and my seat where I was sitting and, and reconcile within myself. There was. He was. There really was a guy named John. He really had a mother named Elizabeth. And he really had a father named Zacharias. There really was a guy named Moses. There really was a country called Egypt. All those things are true. All of it. It's history. It happened. So this parable Jesus is speaking. Once there was a man who went out early in the morning to hire some men to work in his vineyard, he agreed to pay them the regular wage, a silver coin a day, and sent them to work in his vineyard. He went out again in the market, to the marketplace at 9 o'clock, Started at 6 o'clock. That, that first hour was 6 o'clock. So he went out again at 9 o'clock. Saw some men standing there doing nothing. So he told them, You also go and work in the vineyard, and I will pay you a fair wage. So they went. Then at 12 o'clock and again at 3 o'clock, he did the same thing. It was nearly 5 o'clock when he went to the marketplace and saw some other men still standing there. Mm. Still standing there. Not new men who just showed up at 5 o'clock. These were men that were still standing. So the word, the, the fact that they were still standing there means they were there at some point when he was there sooner. They were still standing there. He says, why are you wasting the whole day here doing nothing? He asked them, this is verse 7, no one hired us, they answered. Well, then you go and work in the vineyard, he told them. When the evening came, the owner told his foreman, call the workers and pay them their, wa pay them their wages, starting with those who were hired last and ending with those who were hired first. I'll never forget the first payday at a company where I was in charge of payroll. It scared me to death. Because these people had worked all day, all week, and they expected at that time to be paid by me. I was in charge of that. I was responsible for that. They were lined up out the door of my office waiting for their checks. And I could not get them away from my office fast enough. They wanted what they had worked for. So think about this, that, that aspect. This, the master says, 
Pay the ones that got here last first and send them on their way. Pay the ones that got here first. They've been here the longest. They were the ones up at the crack of dawn ready to work. Pay them last. Verse 9, the men who had begun to work at 5 o'clock were paid a silver coin each. So when the men who were the first to be hired came to be paid, they thought they would get more. But they too were given a silver coin each. I'm going to pause for a minute and say, what I believe the Lord wants to talk to us about tonight is our motive for being involved with him in his kingdom. My motive, why am I here? Why am I doing this? Verse 11, they took their money and started grumbling against the employer. These men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, while we put up with a whole day's work in the hot sun. Yet you paid them the same as you paid us. Verse 13, listen, friend, the owner answered one of them, I have not cheated you. After all, you agreed to a day's work for one silver coin. We talked about this before you even started working. Here's what I'm going to pay you. This is what your reward is going to be at the end of the day. Modern day, we call that a contract or an agreement. Now take your pay and go home. I want to give this man who was hired last as much as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do as I wish with my own money? Or are you jealous because I am generous? And Jesus concluded, verse 16, So those who are last will be first, and those who are first will be last. Let that story just sink in for a minute. He, I started by talking about equality. That story does not reflect equality. Equality in pay. It does reflect agreement. Agreement to work. But it really what it shows us is a couple of things. It shows us the human nature, the humanity side of it, which is, I did more, so I deserve more. I want more. I worked harder. I've been here longer. I put in more time and effort. So I deserve. I deserve more. But the owner, the master, he said, we had an agreement. This is what you're here to get. You did what you were supposed to do, and I gave you what I said I would give you. And then we see, see the, have you ever had a need? I'll, I'll put it this way. For example... Have you ever had a physical need in your body, a sickness, an illness, whatever it is, 
And the Lord puts somebody else on your heart to pray for them because that they have a physical need. I'll just be honest. This is my humanity talking for a minute. A part of my brain really wants to think about my need the whole time I'm praying for that person's need. Lord, what are, I know you can heal them. I believe you will, and I'm praying. I want to see that. And because I know you can and you might, and I hope you do, and you know that I've got this one, I'm just going to trust that you will do both of these at the same time. You know, take care of those. At the same time, what, what that is, is it's my humanity. But then what happens when he heals that person and he doesn't heal me? Do I just rejoice and thank the Lord? That's awesome. And I'm still limping. <laughs> That's my humanity in the picture, though. I want equality. I, or, I want at least equality. I'd be okay with some preferential treatment, honestly. But, I mean, you can, if you heal them, you can heal me. And, and, uh, but he works that way to reveal to us what's inside of us. That's what we see in this scripture, the humanity of it. But he also shows us in this passage his nature. His, his law, he started, the verse, first verse says, this is what the kingdom is like. In the kingdom, the king gets to pay whoever he wants to pay, however, he much, however much he wants to pay them. That's how the kingdom works. Another way that we, we could say this is he is showing grace or he's showing favor to somebody that he didn't show to me. Why would you show them favor and not show that favor to me? And when he was giving me this, I, I just had to write down this note. God forbid that I allow the grace that he shows to others to be a stumbling block to me. How many of us would take issue with the fact that he didn't tell us at the start of our walk with him, you're going to walk this number of years, and at the end of that walk, you're going to get your reward. But this other person is only going to have to walk this number of years, but they'll get the same reward. If he told me at Six o'clock in the morning, I could start working then, or I could sleep in, go slow, take my time getting dressed, have a nice meal, enjoy the, the inside air, air conditioning for a little while, and uh, well, if you roll out here at noon, or if you show up at three, or if you show up at five, you just put in some time. If, as long as you're here when I'm paying people, you're going to get paid. Whew. I, wonder, <laughs> I wonder how many of us would opt for the 5 p.m. shift. Knowing that that's just a, a half hour shift.
this is this is going to sound harsh, but this is just the way that I that I put it down. We want to do as little as possible, and still receive the maximum reward. It's human nature. I'm not talking. I'm not trying to be mean to you, and I'm trying to confess as little as I have to. But we want to do the minimum requirement, and then expect. The best reward. My choice, if I'm in that scenario and I get to pick my starting time, my choice reveals everything about me. It doesn't reveal anything about him except what we've already learned. He's the rewarder. But my choice of where, if I get to choose, I want this, this starting time or this one or however much work, little, however little work I can get by with, that's revealing things about me, myself. His motive is to put people to work. Is my motive to work? He did say, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. He wants to put people to work. If you do what is, this is, this is basically what he said at the beginning. If you do what is agreed upon, you will receive your reward. Think about what what he says in the passages that talk about when we make it to heaven and what he says, well done, thou good, thy good and faithful servant. Luke chapter 12, verse 32. I mentioned this, this verse and we... If we, if we don't agree with what we just read, then we think the Lord just gives preferential treatment to people. He blesses people that he wants to bless, and then he, he doesn't have an obligation to bless me. And then I, I think, well, who's the problem? Is it him or me? Neither one is true. That's a deception. It's a deception to think he, he blessed Brother Martin and he did not bless me. So he's doing something right and I'm doing something wrong. Or he's just mean. None of those has to be the case. See, we, we get put into this box of having to figure out equality. And if, if he's going to reward him that way, then he's got to reward me. I can, I can go to work with him tomorrow. I can go to work with him tomorrow. First of all, they're going to be like, who's this guy? I can put in eight hours. You do eight hours, ten hours? I can get all those cuts and hurts and hopefully not worse than what he's showed up with. And then, and then think, okay, I did the exact same thing that he did. You're going to pay me too. Uh, 
Did you turn in your paperwork? Who are you? Why are you here? <laughs> it doesn't have to be that way. The Lord has a plan, and he has, I'll put an agreement, an individual, the word we use is relationship, with each one of us. The relationship that he has with you is not the same as the relationship that he has with me. He loves you equally. He loves me equally. But, but I get in trouble when I start to compare what I don't have or what I do have with what you've got. It's a, it's a trick. It's a deception of the enemy. He, he's not an unjust God. This, this verse, it says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He wants to. Every person in this room, he wants to give you the kingdom. He's not going to make you the king. Oh, this is your, you're the king now. That's not what that means. It means everything that he has to give. He wants to give it to you. Everything that he has, he wants to give it to you. It's his good pleasure. He's not just required, oh, well, they prayed enough today. I guess I got to give them a little bit more. Oh, no, he didn't pray that much today, so I'm not obligated to do anything. It doesn't work that way. It's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Look at Luke chapter 15. I'm not going to take the time to go through this whole passage, but in this story of the prodigal son, we see this story from the, from the viewpoint of a giving father, from, from a, a father that wants to give. We know the, the, the youngest son, he says, I'm going to take mine early. I'm going to cash my retirement early and pay the penalty. Just go ahead, I'll take it. And he, we know he goes and he, he loses it, wastes it. And when he comes back, this is the, the part that I want us to see tonight. When he returns and the father accepts him and, and, and uh, puts on that whole display, has a party. Luke chapter 15, start at verse 25. Here's what I want you to see. The elder son was where? In the field. He was probably part of the 6 a.m. shift, to be honest. You can, I, I think that because of his attitude. <laughs> but he's in the field working. While he, he has already observed his younger brother... Cash in, take off, and they haven't heard from him again since. We don't know where, where he's at, what he's up to. Uh, you know what, Dad? Okay, I'll just keep working. You probably need twice as much work now done. So I'm going to keep working. 
He's in the field. The elder son is in the field. As he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. Next verse. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. Verse 27. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. Verse 28. And he was relieved. And he was rejoicing. And he was full of love. Nope. He was angry. Where did he just come from? From the field. Working. He was angry. He would, <laughs> he would not go in. Therefore the father came out. To him, verse 29, and he said, he answering said to his father, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, yet thou never gavest me a kid, a lamb, that I might make merry with my friends, verse 30, But as soon as this thy son was come, pray with me right now. In the name of Jesus. Father, you love every person that's in this room right now. God, you care about each of us. You have given your life for each of us. It's your desire, Lord God, to see us in your kingdom. It's your desire to give us your kingdom. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. As soon as thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed For him, the fatted calf. Verse 31, this is what the father says about that. Son, thou art ever with me. And all that I have is thine. I believe that that father would have given the older son anything that he would have asked for at any point. He did it for the younger. But I wouldn't say unknown, unbeknownst to the father, but he uh, unexpressed to the father. He was having his own little pity party. Thinking about, how come you never? Not even so much as a lamb, not a goat. You wouldn't give me, and here you have killed the fatted calf, the best one, the prime. For this 
for this one who just wasted everything. I believe he would have given the the older son anything he asked for, but he knew his son's heart. See, what also we see here is that the older son wanted to be first in his father's eyes. He wanted to be first. And we've already been through this in Matthew. The first shall be last. That, that scripture, I'm going to be honest with you for a second. When I read that, I thought, hang on, this, this can't be what I've heard my whole life about the first being last and the last being first. Because that sounds like one of those awesome promises that you get, you know, in the kingdom. And, all, you know, you can, you, can, you can finish last place in, in the run, but you're still going to get, I don't know. That verse, after that whole setting that we just read in Matthew, says... I'm going to take he who shows up last. I'm going to reward him first. I believe it's because he knew what was in the heart of the first. The people that showed up first. I want to be first. I mean, he had to go out of his way to tell the payroll guy, make sure you pay the people that got here last first. I want to prove a point to this group that got here. And you think he knows the, the intents of the heart? I want to prove a point to them. If they want to be first, back of the line. And we see the same thing here with this, this elder son. question that I have if I put myself in the place of that older son the question that I have is do I really want to see my brother live because what I, what I get from that glimpse of, of, of him is he's happy to just go out and work in his mind thinking I'm putting in my time because one of these days my dad is is going to give me a lamb and say hey go have a party with your friends and I just got to keep working until I reach that level that's his that's his mindset and when he sees the brother return he's angry I don't earn a special place with God simply by not doing what I perceive to be wrong. He he takes the time to say, Dad, I have not done anything wrong. I've I've showed up every day. I've been out there in the field. I'm working for you. I haven't transgressed you. And he thinks by doing so, he's earned a special place. With, with his father. 
I believe when, he, when the Father says, You're, Thou art ever with me, that's, that's the Father trying to say, It doesn't matter where you are, what you've done. It doesn't matter to what end you went. You're my son. You are ever with me. Not only that, but all that I have is yours. By the way, you've got a brother. He's my son. He is ever with me. All that I have is his. That's the... That's where we got to deal with the more humanity there. That's when we give occasion for this brother against brother, if I can put it that way. The minute the older brother pointed out the younger's mistakes... The father focused on his return instead. I need, to, <laughs> I need to remind you, Dad, where this kid came from. Remember how much money you gave him? Half. And he wasted it. Lord, I don't ever want that to be my... I don't want that to ever even enter my thought about a, a brother. Because all that I'm... He, the Lord has his relationship with you. He doesn't need me reminding him about his relationship with you. Lord, are you really going to let Azario get that fill in the blank? Because don't you remember... I was there when he went to you and said, give me all that you have. And then he just went out the door, wasted it. He didn't come back with that or more or not even half of it. He came back with nothing. What does this say about me? There's a scripture that says we don't lord over God's inheritance. I don't get to tell him what to do with his resources. Even the part that's earmarked for me. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your presence that's here in this room tonight. We thank you, God, for loving each one of us. God, you know the depths of the love that you have for each person in this room. God, I pray that you would continue, God, to speak into our heart. God, I want to be able to pray for my brother. I want to be able to pray for my sister and rejoice with them.
when you do your work with them. It is your good pleasure, God, to give us the kingdom. It's what you want to do. It's your desire for us. We want to just walk with you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to turn this back to you, brother. Amen. Why don't we stand together? Elder Flowers read that scripture, and he was angry. taught and I've learned that anger is a symptom. Anger is a symptom. It's not the issue. Anger is a symptom of some underlying issue. Right? It points to, as Elder Flowers talked about, a motive. Um, and going through seasons in my life where I would I'd make this statement at times even to my wife I'd be like man I don't know why I'm even angry but I feel anger about and so over time I've learned if I'm dealing with anger it's a symptom of something else and so I want the Lord to begin to deal with the something else anger is my way that I uh, deflect or the way that I we use the term let off steam. What are we letting steam off from? There's pressure somewhere. <laughs> right? If you're letting off steam, there's pressure somewhere. That's why you're letting it off. You're trying to relieve the pressure. I want my motive to be right, don't you? I mean, I really do. In every area. I'm not saying that like I've got it figured out. Don't misunderstand me. I, if there's anything I pray about, if I'm talking to the Lord about where he and I are, it's like my motive. I want him searching my motive. And anything I say and anything I do, anything I don't say or don't do, uh, I get myself in trouble sometimes saying too much, just trying to make sure people understand my motive. <laughs> Maybe that's an issue, Brother Martin. I shouldn't worry. I should just trust that the Lord knows my motive. This is important. Uh, it's important for where we are. As the Lord is, you know, we were in a combined service Sunday. And I would imagine that as the Lord, I'm not going to say I would imagine, I would expect that as the Lord continues to add to the body and he continues to bring the body together more and more, that this element of 
comparing or measuring our brother or where our motive or sister or right where that motive is is going to continue to come into play and and looking at well especially and it gets harder when we know somebody that was the difficulty for the older brother he knew the younger brother you know it's easier if you don't know anybody what it can seem like it right man if we got history that's a different story as though the blood washes me but not them Jesus name this is so important would you pray would you ask the Lord to let his word get where he wants it to in your spirit and mind would you be willing to ask him to do that would you be willing to ask him Lord you know my heart you know my spirit I'm asking you to let your word go to the places in me that you desire it to go I'm asking you to allow your word to work in me the way you desire it to work. You know my frame, Father. You know my heart. You know my spirit. I open it up to you and submit it to you, asking you. Asking you by your precious word that can discern the thoughts and the intents of my heart. To reach into these places, Father. That my motive be empty. Empty, empty. In Jesus' name. Would you mind sitting for just a second? uh, I'm going to do what I tell everybody not to do. I'm going to say there's a real heavy feeling in the room. Not to put that on you. I'm only acknowledging what has already been said. Uh, this isn't casual conversation. I wish there was a way to hit a, a reset button. You know, see, people are going to step into a situation or be exposed to a situation that's going to shock them. And I wish somehow the, re- the recording of what was said would be so in short memory in our mind. Not short memory. What's the ready available memory? RAM. Like a computer. Ready available memory. In other words, immediately be able to withdraw from it and replay it because of the clarity in what the Holy Ghost is trying to help us with. In grade school, that would be up to sixth grade, I was the second shortest person in the school. Jim Skinner was the shortest. And So when we would line up against the fence, we played a game that we can't use the name anymore, but you would uh, throw the ball at everybody, you know, it was like a line or something. Anyway, they would select teams. 
me and Jimmy would be standing against the fence to the very last minute. In the seventh grade, I had a growth spurt. Wasn't a whole lot. But it got me off that fence a whole lot quicker. You know, there's something... Have you ever been in a situation where, you know, enough time had passed? You had now had seniority. Surely, when the choice was made, you, were, you already had your foot in the air. And somebody else's name was called. Your heart drops to the floor. You lose your breath. How could that even possibly happen do they know what they're doing because a selection is made 6 months ago i think maybe 4 months ago i ministered one day in puyallup on selection it was not a pre-planned situation it was a they handed me the microphone, and just before they did that, the Lord dropped three scenarios in my mind, and I'll just, I'll tell you two of them. One was Joseph with his boys. Daddy was getting old and ready to pass off the scene, and he was going to pronounce a blessing on his boys. And when he brought those boys up to Daddy, and daddy reached out his hands. He put the right hand on the younger child. And it upset Joseph. Why? Because everybody knew. He, there was seniority. And the eldest should have been the next in line. And this is where we get into trouble. Because God makes Selection. And so when he reached and grabbed his father's hands and said, no, dad. He got the stern look from the father. No. You, you understand that father was raised with that understanding as well. And I would dare say that up until that moment, he was ready to do what was expected and everybody knew this is what was supposed to happen. And it was in that moment that God spoke to him and said, no, that's not how I'm going to do this. Because God is unorthodox. When the prophet went to Jesse's, or to the sacrifice, and Jesse brought his boys, eldest, you know, he put in the most time. Seniority. Seniority, seniority, seniority. And it was not God's selection. Okay? I mean, can you imagine the boys? They probably didn't eat for days. They were so bothered by what had taken place. Can something like this catch you unaware? I'm begging that it not.
This is such a grave situation. It can set people back for years. And carry it. For considerable time through their life. That it actually shelves them. Because they're in such shock. That they were not chosen for something. Somewhere there's got to be a humility that comes from God. A humility from God. Let there be a brokenness in us. Would it be all right if we would agree to pray one more time? Here's, I'm not asking you to pray for anybody else but you. Oh me, Lord, Lord. Let this kind of pride not be found in me. Let me prefer others better than myself. Let me truly esteem others better than myself in any and every situation. Let me take a low place. Let me humble myself in the sight of God. Let me be lowly of heart, lowly of mind, Father, in the name of Jesus, that no situation would catch me unaware. That I, that I would have thought of myself in the name of Jesus. Let purity prevail in the name of Jesus. Let purity of soul prevail in us, each one, in the name of Jesus. That when we would come in a, into a filled room with souls, with brethren... That we would esteem all others better than ourselves. That your perfect will might be performed among us. As you choose, as you make selection, as you place members in the body, as you will. The Pharisees were condemned by the Lord Jesus because of their desire to have to sit in the uppermost seats at the feasts. To have preeminence. You know, there is a genuine humility of God that I believe comes through his indwelling spirit. It's not a positioning of the mind. It's not some kind of counter intellectual action to try to overdo something that we have already recognized in ourselves. But it is, it is a product of his indwelling spirit and communing with him.
It's the humility of God. It's not the humility of men. We're thankful for your very direct word here tonight, Father. We're thankful for the obvious, intentional leading of our lives here tonight. You are our help. You are our very present help right now. And we express thanks and praise unto you, Father. In the name of Jesus. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.